Welcome to Fear Me, a podcast about The Walking Dead. Fear Me. I can't stop. (laughs) That is so awesome. I'm Kim. This is Stuart. And Scott. And we are going to be recapping episode four of The Walking Dead entitled Here's Not Here. And this is the 90 minute episode that everybody was wondering about. It's the only time The Walking Dead has ever done a 90 minute episode outside of a season premiere or finale. So, and it was dedicated completely to Morgan's backstory. So what do you guys think about this episode? I have to say I was pretty surprised because I didn't, um, I wasn't expecting a lot coming into this episode. Um, especially just knowing that it was going to be an hour and a half about one character. Uh, obviously it was something that we seemed to need to know about Morgan. Um, but it was good. It was uh, it was a good change of pace from what we've been seeing. You know, we kind of got to breathe a little bit after the first three episodes. Uh, the story was awesome, and I think um, you know, learning a little bit more about the cheesemaker that uh, <laughs> was an awesome character. <laughs> That's good. Um, I thought it was fantastic. I was really really intrigued by. It. I thought it was one of the best acted episodes that they've had on. Seriously. Um, Yes, I did. I was really enthralled. Um, it, it is funny. It kind of uh, analogy to me was kind of with all the chaos that's been going on in the on the early episodes this season. This one was kind of the pace car of the uh, of the NASCAR race wreck, mm-hmm. and uh, it kind of slowed everybody down. Let's get back into a little bit of the background and so forth before we head head first right into the next wreck, and uh, that's kind of how it felt to me. Well, I'm excited to hear you say that, Scott. (laughs) I thought maybe you wouldn't like it because it was too slow. I really liked it, too. I was kind of surprised. It definitely was the break that we needed after those first three episodes because those were just intense and in-your-face and very emotional and um, stressful with the whole Glenn thing. We we still don't know what's going on with Glenn. We probably won't know for a few more episodes. But... um, I thought this episode was great because it was slow, but it also had some action, zombie action, walker action. So it wasn't like completely boring. And I know a lot of people were upset because they dedicated an entire 90 minutes to Morgan. But I think we really needed to know this backstory and why he became the Zen master. And especially after the episode that we saw from Clear, where he was totally insane and just losing it. And so... And I felt it... I felt it was strong that they, I mean, I felt it was, it made sense that they actually did it for an hour and a half. I did too. Um, I think Morgan coming through that kind of a change over a shorter period of time in the show would have felt a little weak. Yeah, I have to agree with that. Need, was, we needed um, to see his full transformation. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, it almost seemed like it was almost too quick too, even in that sense. Right. Um, Especially since he kept kind of going back and forth between um, seeming to have some some sort of control over himself and just totally losing it uh, all over again. And it didn't even feel like it was 90 minutes to me. It, it felt like it just no. flew by, like a normal episode. So totally I don't agree. think there was an issue with 
any of that to me. Well, that actually brings me to my um, the first thing that I really liked about this episode, and that was just the pace of it. And I pretty much said everything that I was going to say anyways, but um, I'm just really glad that they finally gave us a break from those first three. I'm always, I always like the action and most of the filler episodes that they do in previous seasons have been really slow and you can tell they're fillers and they're kind of boring in some places, but this one just I was really excited about this one, and like I said, I'm really glad that we finally know what happened with the cheesemaker and who he is and everything that happened with him, so I just really like the pace of the episode. And as I stated, I love the acting. Um, John Carroll Lynch, I thought, was fantastic. He was perfect for the role. He kind of was a uh, kind of a funny, exasperated way about him um, that made it, he was instantly likable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I you know, but I, when we first saw him introduced, I think Kim said it first, just, oh, no, not someone we know. <laughs> yeah, I did. You know, because you see him and you're like, uh, you know, we we know this actor. And so it was kind of surprising that they picked him, but he filled the role perfectly. And the way he delivered the lines, um, everything, especially from the start, like kind of building his character, where he was very nonchalant, even though Morgan was kind of giving him this crazy kill me, kill me speech mm-hmm. and uh john carroll lynch just kind of rolled with it and you know it was it was very well done yeah when i first saw him well first of all it took me a second to figure out who he was um because i couldn't believe really? that they would put a well-known actor in that role but be prepared to see more a lot of people went on the show oh i know i mean i heard they weren't going to do all that especially as zombies because it was going to be too distracting but i guess here we go they're going to do it but I really like him as an actor, and I think that he nailed it. And just his mannerisms and his facial expressions and even his tone of voice, I just, he was exactly what we needed to see. He did a great job. Yeah. I thought it, the um, he did a wonderful job portraying the complexity of the character, too. Yeah. Um, you know, even when he, at the point where he allowed, or made Morgan aware that the door was not locked on the, on the cage, and Morgan came out and attacked him. Um, when he threw himself, when he threw Eastman up against the the wall and his, broke his daughter's artwork, mm-hmm. you saw the fury in his eyes. He was about to go. He was about to go, Morgan, mm-hmm. and uh, and he was able to control himself. But uh, and then he then he slipped right back in. You know, the the next day into being the jovial, smart psychiatrist. Yeah. No, I, I think I think like one of the best lines was um, just right after that happened, Scott, when he comes out and he says, I will not allow you to kill me. Yes. I will not allow it. And it was just, yeah, I mean, he was extremely intense. Um, but I think, again, that was kind of how um, John Carroll Lynch kind of, you know, was able to portray this. He, he still had some humor about him, um, even mm-hmm. though he was very intense. And dealing with all these people on whatever, death row or wherever he was in the prison system. Well, I actually still have some questions about how he got to where he is. Because he said he had already started the Aikido before he killed that guy, Crichton. Mm-hmm. That was his name, right? Crichton? Crichton Dallas yes. Wilton. Crichton Dallas Wilton. Um, yep. uh, so, so he had already started doing the Aikido. But then he still went ahead with his plan to kill the guy. 
And I guess he didn't get any satisfaction out of it, and that's why he decided life is precious? Or, like, what happened there? Where was that I jump? think it was the—I think what he saw, what what he did to that guy, pushed him in. You know, he had a choice. He, he could go completely mad, or he could realize the horror of what he had just done with—, with uh, with Wilton, mm-hmm. um, when he's when he starved him to death, mm-hmm. yeah. I think it drove him to to even um, become more involved with the with the Aikido philosophy than he was before. Okay, um, Stu, I, w- I will laugh because uh, you know you said that about one of your best lines was the one he said about uh, you you won't kill me, or oh yeah, I, you, I will you not allow me. it. Yeah, yeah, I will not let you kill me. Right after that, I mean that's a very um, it's a very Zen kind of statement he makes, right? Mm-hmm. So right after that, they kind of tussle a little bit, right? And then Morgan looks over at the fireplace. Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and Eastman goes, "Oh shit." <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. I thought that was great, man. I mean, that really that really made him down to earth. You know, he was yep. he was kind of Zen. You know, kind of go. You know. Yeah, it was like the total control. I have control of this entire situation. I'm right. not going to let you touch anything. And then it's like, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> exactly. It was perfect. <laughs> I, I had it down as one of my uh, favorite uh, parts of the whole episode. <laughs> I just love that. Oh, shit. <laughs> I, you well, know, it was it was really... Um, you know, well, you know, I, I get kind of tired of, of unbelievable things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was incredibly lucky that uh, Morgan would run into a guy like this, mm-hmm. you know, of all the people oh, you could run yeah. into, a forensic psychologist who's dealt with psychotic people. True. But but this time I didn't mean to, or I didn't have a problem with suspending the belief a little bit because um, it was worth the relationship between these two guys. Yeah. It, it didn't bother me this time. And also, well, and I you, think, <laughs> go ahead. I, I think that um, the state of where Morgan is is magnified, too, mm-hmm. to where, I mean, you understand that, yeah, it really is important that this guy, of all people, is the one that finds Morgan. Because Morgan's like, I'm going to kill everything. He wants to be killed. Right. And um, and you see it magnified with how he deals with the two people he runs across in the forest that are following him, the possibly uh, uh, son and, and father. Mm-hmm. And he just kills him right away and tries to choke the kid. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's I think that right there shows you where Morgan is. Oh, whereas yeah. you he's I don't think you would have I don't think out. Yeah, you wouldn't think that he's that far gone until you saw him do that. Yep. Yeah, he pretty because much he, pointed out he was gonna take out everything. Yeah, because he seems very organized about what he's doing. Well you obviously. Could, right, but you could see, I mean he I don't think he was differentiating between the living and the dead anymore. He wasn't. No, and that's what he states. Right. Hey, Kim, I want to say one thing, too, about something you said earlier about um, watching the episode overall. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't even think about the other stuff. I got so tied in the story, I didn't think about the Glenn stuff and, and what's Rick going to get out of the RV and all that kind of stuff. None of that stuff even came into my head. I was focusing on this story. I thought it was really well done. Yeah, same here. I didn't think about that at all. I mean, I went into it knowing we weren't going to hear anything about Glenn, so right. I was already prepared for that mentally. But um, it didn't really matter at that point. Like, I know this is a flashback. It would be silly for anything to happen with Glenn, It, but it didn't even make me want to think about Glenn or Rick or whatever was going on back at Alexandria. 
I, I just thought that it was a really good, strong episode that kept me um, entertained and focused, I yeah, guess. Exactly. Well, they, sh- they do shock you at the start with the, the people he finds and when he's painting rocks with zombie mm-hmm. blood and all the quotes. And I mean, it's, it's full of just this craziness of Morgan to start with. So, you know, actually I felt a bit nostalgic for the clear episode because that was a really good episode. That was like Mm. one of my favorites of the entire series. I think when um, Rick and Michonne and Carl come upon Morgan, when he's um, kind of sequestered himself in this small town and he set up all these booby traps outside of his apartment and he's got booby traps inside the apartment and then he's just written all over the walls all these different things that are just they flash around him so fast you can't even tell what it says but to see him recreating his apartment and all those booby traps in the clearing area and he's got the stakes in the ground that, that skewer the, the zombies as they walk by. And then you see him painting on the rocks. And then several things are said throughout the episode. Like like one of you, I think, Scott, you just said Too Far Gone, right? That's like one of the, well, that's a previous episode title. Um, right. And then we see Terminus again. And we just see all these old things that we've seen in previous seasons. And it was kind of like, oh, like that's the way it used to be. And we're coming full circle right. now. I tell you what, that beginning had my favorite scene of the whole show. What? The burning zombie. Oh, <gasps> yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. Awesome. I wrote that one down to you. Firewalker. Firewalker, man. That was so cool. He was shocking because you weren't really expecting him. Like, that was a big-ass fire. And then all of a sudden, this full-size man comes walking out of it like, holy shit. Yep, yep. <laughs> It reminded me of, like, Jason. I know. You know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and uh, Morgan was taking it all in stride, too. He yeah, was not he, he, he was not really miffed by any, any of them coming at him. No, he just kind of walked up and popped that guy, even though he was burning. So when you're talking about clear, were a lot of the, the same um, quotes showing up? Yeah. Yes. In the, like, uh, what did we say? You only get one? Mm-hmm. Here's not here? Well, they got... I mean... I know there was... Um, uh, you know what it is. Yeah. Was pretty prominent. Yeah, and he kept saying that over and over again. Right. Now, what was that about? Um, I think what he was, he was talking to himself, in essence, about letting down Dwayne and the fact that he had guns. You know, remember when he's talking to himself um, when he's still in the, in the building? Mm-hmm. And he's talking about right. the fact you had guns. You had all kinds of guns. You should have mm-hmm. used your guns, you know, all this mm-hmm. kind of thing. And that's when he kept saying, you didn't do it, you know, and you know what it is. You know what it is you should have done. And I think that's where Okay, that so that's from. what it was. Okay, I didn't, I don't think I caught that full phrase. Yeah, he actually said, we weren't supposed to be there. You had the knife, you had the gun, you were supposed to. You know that you were supposed to. Yeah. And then, and I think that's totally about, Himself. one, killing his wife, because mm-hmm. if he had, if he had actually killed his wife, she wouldn't have killed Dwayne later on. Right. Right. So So you only get one was you only get one chance. Yes. Possibly. One chance, one life. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So one chance to kill everything in sight. Well, yep. that's a good one too, yeah. And that's why he's <laughs> taking everything out. That's why he's the clearer. Yep. And and then um uh, Eastman comes back at him with the here's not here later on in the episode too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which yeah. I thought was good. Speaking of Eastman, he had he had a pretty cool quote when um, 
when he was trying to uh, talk to Morgan as a scientist talking about the human nature and he's, mm-hmm. and he was talking about the fact that uh, we're not we're not really built to kill mm-hmm. and uh, and he says uh, we're not built to kill we don't have claws fangs or armor um, I thought that was really interesting way of putting it yeah I um, I actually like that quote too and wrote it down um, because I mean it makes you think that the walkers are meant to kill but people are not and so we're meant to respect life um, and again, it just comes full circle back to, uh, respecting all kinds of life, whether it's walkers or animals, people, anything. If without life, you wouldn't be here either without other life. You know what I mean? Like, right. You know, cause you, everything, everything builds on everything else and everything yeah. comes full circle. That's what he said. He says the door the door is open, everything gets a return. Right. Exactly. And yes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I also thought it was kind of interesting that uh um he started talking about his trip. Um one thing I thought was hilarious, he said, Well, we'll have to get more guys because you're a shit conversationalist. <laughs> he said that to Morgan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was awesome. Yeah, so he's talking about a trip and he doesn't even know where they're going. Right. So what did you think that meant? I mean, did you think he was just kinda going to go david carradine on the situation or he was just saying they couldn't stay there Mm -hmm. he didn't know like he said he did say he was like you know you showed up um but next time it might be someone worse than him than morgan right and so he's just like i can't stay here and he he was also stating on another reason was that you know people is where life is Mm -hmm. and um staying secluded was not a good idea. That was what he was talking about when he said uh, keeping the door closed. Yeah, not, exactly. Not going through that door and finding himself, I guess. Right. But he had such an awesome house. And I kept cool. thinking, why do you want to live there? That place has solar energy. And he's got a kick-ass house and looks really secure. Like, I would live there. I, I mean. And, you know, that was like the softest soil anywhere, though. Yeah, God, you got kidding. you're not kidding. I man. know, especially <laughs> for Georgia. Put those pikes in there. There was no red yeah. clay or anything. Mm-mm. No, he's digging those graves. is like the easiest thing in the world. Exactly. It felt like it was in the northeast, northwest or something. <laughs> I know. Um, right. <laughs> he did. He had a great house, though. Yeah. I don't know how well protected it was. Um I mean, well, he had the, having the some cans on a street. <laughs> <Yes. laughs> That's pretty good. Hey, let me ask you the one the one walker that got through to go after the goat that uh, that uh, Morgan went out and killed. Uh-huh. How did he not set off the cans? I was wondering that too. He must have a breach. He, 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 he stepped over. So it's not He's even. Like, so it's not even that secure. Mm-mm. It's not. And I know. He's right. Hey, wa- got to walkers move. aren't that dumb. Um, yes, they are. What are you talking about? (laughs) So talking about him, like with his relationship with Morgan again, one of the things that I noticed that when we first saw Eastman on the screen, he was dressed in kind of a a white or a tannish robe, bathrobe with kind of the same color clothes. And And a little bit of Buddhist going down. Yeah. And him standing over Morgan like he was made him look like Jesus. Not comic book Jesus, but regular Jesus. And <laughs> uh-huh. okay. I was thinking middle aged man. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if he had big but fluffy slippers like... on, that would have been perfect. 
Exactly. I know. Right. Just but eating it, a sandwich. And of course he's bald, so we have don't have that part. But whatever. Um, but it, he did look like a savior. Yeah. Like he was Morgan's savior, and he was going to mm-hmm. bring him back from the brink. And I thought so. I thought his comment to Morgan when they were um, in the clearing, um, he and he told him, "You will hold the baby again." <gasps> yes! I thought that was prophetic. Yeah, that was good. Because um, we, you know, and that also explained to me a lot why Morgan looks so weird when when Rick asked him to hold Judith because you know true. you know he hesitated and he kind of smiled to himself uh-huh. and it took a minute you know and he was still rubbing his knob and and then he turned around and <laughs> rubbing and, uh, his knob is that what you just said yeah well the, the oh his stick um <laughs> that makes it well so yeah much we better. now we know where he, where he got the staff rubbing from yes exactly yeah He's Eastman doing was it doing it the entire time yep, mm-hmm. yep. got to keep the staff clean um, all right, all right, all right. We're not going down that rabbit hole again. <laughs> no, but anyway, I just thought that that was re- that was a really cool uh, play on the later scene, and it really made a lot of sense on how I always I because when I saw Morgan react to Rick's question about holding the child, I kind of was I thought it was actually a little bit creepy that he didn't immediately say anything. He just kind of sat there and looked and so forth. And then I'd be. I know if I were Rick, I'd be thinking, hmm, maybe not. <laughs> maybe I don't let <laughs> yeah, this Yeah, especially guy he was still up. kind of questioning Morgan at that point, right, too. Right, Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but that makes sense now. I think an important part of the story and how it was delivered was not, not knowing that um, Eastman had killed uh, that Crichton Wilton right, guy. Yeah. And not finding it out until later. Because you kind of still have this uh zen perfectionist view of him mm-hmm. as not wanting to harm a fly right right and and he and he's portraying that because when um morgan says you know you, you wouldn't even kill that guy who killed your mm-hmm. family and he says all life is precious like two or three different times mm-hmm. but he never really and then did you find out he that did question. actually kill that guy and it's like yeah. well yeah actually i did kill him yeah yeah that was me well i think that he he said all life is precious when he was asked that question because uh, because he obviously knows that it didn't matter that he killed that guy. It didn't help him. It didn't make him feel any better. It didn't bring his family back. What was the point right. of the whole thing? It was ridiculous. No, and that's true. But I'm saying at that point, you still feel as though he this guy is not going to touch anything. It doesn't matter who it is, even someone that did something like this. But you're right. I mean, he's... He's saying, you know, it, it really didn't matter if he wanted to kill mm-hmm. that guy, even if he had killed him. Right. And I was actually kind of surprised that he would kill the walkers that were coming up on his cabin. Because I got the impression that both he and Morgan in the, I guess you could say the previous episodes, which is in the future, which is kind of confusing, but whatever, um, that the two of them since all life is precious, that even Walker life is precious, even if it's in the zombie form. I question that a little bit too, but... I just didn't think he he went that far. Mm-hmm. You know, I think he kind of considered the, the zombies to be an abomination. Yeah. Um, a parody of life, not real life. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know, but that was one of the things I questioned. Yeah, I agree, I agree. You know, and... One one thing I had to, one thing that kind of occurred to me when we were talking about Morgan and the Aikido and so forth, and you know we've seen in the, in the last several episodes that his lack of killing 
um, has actually cost other lives. Oh, yeah. Um, and it almost, you know, I, w I was reading what they were saying about Aikido um, in the philosophies, you know, avoid killing or harming even the most evil person. Um, it, it really comes down to avoid getting yourself hurt or hurting the other one. Mm -hmm. But it's almost a little bit selfish. I mean, it's not the the uh, the giving thing that it sounds like. I think it's you know because of the fact that it's not realistic all the time that it's a uh, you know it's a bit of a selfish act. Well, it's it's self defense, mm -hmm. right? So you're defending yourself from being hurt but, or maimed, and you're but, deflecting someone instead of trying to hurt right, them, right? But at the cost of this coming back and haunting him later, right? You know, I mean, it may be, you know, it may be um, good at the moment, but it's not good overall. There's certain aspects of it. Now, you know, don't get me wrong. Um, you know, Eastman did that and and was able to turn Morgan around. So, uh, yeah, but are they know. are by doing that? Are they hoping that? Well, yeah, I mean, I guess it's the same thing. Are they hoping that, for example, the wolf guy? Is he yep. hoping that the wolf is going to turn around? I mean, I know the one that he's got captured, yes. But I mean, like, when they were, when Morgan was sitting mm -hmm. around the campfire and the two wolves approached him, was he hoping that by letting them live, that they would turn around and be like, oh, that guy just did a great thing for me. I guess I'll start living that way, too. See, I don't think so. I think, I think he just wanted to avoid killing people because all life's precious. But he's not considering... The ramifications of his actions, mm -hmm. um, right? Which I no, I, I agree with. And that. I think he's going to be. I think we'll see in the future that he's going to question some of what he's done. Um, well, yeah, because you know he's been directly responsible for quite a few deaths already. Um, yeah, and he's he's responsible for stuff that happened in previous episodes, but then he's already responsible once again for that kid that he tried to choke to death, came back and right. killed exactly. him. Exactly. So yeah, right. So but, it's going to be interesting. But then there's, then there's the man and the woman that he saw in the woods during this episode right. that the walker was chasing after. Who, by the way, that was another awesome walker because his skin. This was the one that was shirtless, mm -hmm. and his skin was um, so hot. No, it's not hot. He had a nipple <laughs> ring. <laughs> <laughs> He's not like the Johnny Depp walker or anything, but um. But no, his skin on his chest was really tight from being out in the sun. That sounds gross. <laughs> yeah, oh, doesn't really, that sound gross? That really sounds, sounds gross. <laughs> but still, and then the skin on his back was gone, and you could see his spinal cord. And then he just shoved that that arrow right into his spinal cord and just popped his head. Oh, that was awesome! It was like popping a tick's head off. But, anyways, I digress. <laughs> oh, yes. Well, quite a bit. Um, <laughs> I need to take five minutes after that. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, but the man and the woman that that walker was chasing, mm -hmm. um, she was trying to be nice and was like, please just spare us if we give you this food and this one single bullet, will you please just spare us? And that's what kind of like, you know, got him out of his little trance thing that he was in and was like, okay, these people are being nice to me. I, in turn, need to respect their life and let them live. Because he mm -hmm. was going to kill them. Yes. You could tell. Yes. Yeah. He thought and about it. And then he changed his mind. Hey, speaking of trance-like, the um, 
the special effect they used yes. with the blurry pulsing effect, that was awesome. That was awesome. Yes. Yeah, it was really cool. Especially like when he was prowling around the outside of uh, Eastman's shack. Uh-huh. And he was kind of, that effect was going on. It was very cool. Yeah, because it was just like in last week's episode where um, uh, Glenn and, oh, what's that guy's name? I just Nicholas? keep thinking Michael Trainer Nicholas, thank you. Um, Nicholas kept going into this trance-like thing too, and it was like a warble effect. Right. And he was yeah. having like a panic attack. And they well, he had that, that mainly because he saw Greg, Greg Nicotero down there on the ground as a, as a zombie, and it just made him freeze. <laughs> <laughs> but I like that they're carrying over some of these special effects and some of these same story Well, this lines. one was even, this was really a cool special effect. I mean, yes, it, it really, was. it really did, um, you know, with Nicholas's special effect kind of made him slow down where this is made... Morgan seem even even more frantic. Yes, you're right. Exactly, it did. Well, and that's why it it kind of um, set him apart because you don't see any other characters kind of go into that trance right. or in that get that kind of feeling. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, is is he totally out of control at that point? Pretty much. I mean, I think he's he's um, I think he's gone to his base animal instinct and he's gonna kill. And and also, I think it makes him seem like he's also ultra focused on that what he's trying to do at that point right uh you know i i just see it as him just kind of losing control like you're saying going animal instinct but not really so much as a focus as just being like you know erratic Mm -hmm. at that point um not that he's just like swinging his staff around or anything like that but um (laughs) he he is going with instincts you're laughing because i said staff again Mm -hmm. aren't you (laughs) I can't. <laughs> going with his but it seemed like through yet yeah, through the episode he seemed to be able to come back out of that right. more and more but it seemed to me when like he, he was starting to get more control over it because right. of what eastman had told right. him i agree i just thought it, okay. it, it it made him seem even more focused because when when that when that would happen um in the situation he, he was actually pretty methodical about the situation i mean he was going up to windows and checking if they were open and you know, looking at different openings and stuff. Oh, that's true. Yeah, because he, he was kind of in that state See, when he was around the of, cabin. I think it kind of acted as as the fact that he was no longer hearing any more outside influences, outside uh, distractions. He was only going after this guy. Yeah. I mean, that's the way I saw well, it. Oh, yeah, he, wasn't, he was not listening to mm-hmm. Eastman right. saying, all right, Put your shit down. Get away from my cabin. Mm-hmm. He was. He just kind of kept doing what he was doing. Yep. Um, but that's where I'm saying it's like he's just he totally is shut off mm-hmm. from everything else. It's like if anything is moving, I'm gonna kill it. Exactly. Which he does. He go into that right before he kills that that zombie that's following the the couple. I don't even think we uh, see that, do we? I don't remember. I don't remember either. I feel like he did. Yeah. I do like Eastman's comment when he said, "I fixed your, um, fixed your spear, or fixed your staff, whatever right. he said." Yeah, no, he said he fixed your <laughs> and he spear. He cut the point right. off. He said, yeah. "I cut the point off." <laughs> yep, exactly. He cut the point off that he was fashioning on the end of. Yeah. So, can we bring up Tabitha? Sure. No. Who the hell is Tabitha? Tabitha's the goat. Oh, the goat. Okay. Yes, yes. Stuart, the goat. She's so cute. She was one of my favorites too. <laughs> uh oh. <laughs> 
I like that line where Tabitha said, meh. <laughs> That was my favorite. And the one where he went, meh, meh. And, well, maybe Tabitha ate the cans, and that's how that zombie got through. Good point. That is an excellent point, Stuart. Things will eat anything. Well done, sir. Well, I just like that when the very first night that Morgan was at Eastman's house, and he's like, you shot at me, I fed you, please don't hurt her, good night. Right, exactly. Great line. And it's like, He's really exhausted, but he trusts Morgan to not screw up. But that was also Morgan's first clue that his door was not locked. Yeah, I was going to say that because, yeah. yeah, it was like I didn't. I thought back to that comment because when he says it's been open the whole time, it's like, why did he even tell him to not hurt the goat when he first stood there? Exactly. He's, you know, stayed there. Right. He was in a cage. Yeah, I mean, right. when he said it at first, I was thinking he thought maybe he could escape. But, right. uh, but it made a lot more sense later on when you found out the gate was actually open. Exactly, exactly. And I thought it was interesting of the two choices he gave Morgan to leave or stay. Morgan chose the third option, which was get back in the cage. <laughs> exactly. It's like one of my kids. It was like, it's like, I didn't give you that option. Screw you, I'm taking door number three. Well, he knows he can't be trusted yet. Mm-hmm. I'm going on the roof. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm taking the Chevy, damn it. <laughs> Anyways, I I love Tabitha. I thought that was a good little addition to have to this to the whole episode. So I guess to give Eastman a companion, kind of, and a reason to live. And who knows when Tabitha came into the picture and how he found her and all that stuff. It doesn't matter. But I'm sure that she kept him going mm-hmm. that whole time. Well, I think he, he kind alone. of gave him a little comedy too. Well, definitely. Because it you it's know gave him the openings with the talking about the cheese and so forth. That was hilarious when he ate the bad cheese. Oh, I was like, oh, so gross. Yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. And I so thought it was great, I too, when he it. said Morgan, you know, and Morgan's stalking him and he says, you know, um, please don't kill the goat. I still haven't figured out how to make the cheese correctly. Mm-hmm. And then he says, why don't you put your gun down and we'll talk and we'll have a falafel. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. I know. He served the best food. He had tomatoes and cucumbers. I don't know about the oatmeal book burgers, but uh, yeah. Yeah, he he did pretty well in the apocalypse. I would Mm -hmm. stick with that guy. Mm -hmm. I also thought it was interesting after Morgan saved Tabitha, Mm -hmm. um, he made Morgan go back and fix the uh, plant that the zombie landed on. And rightly so. You do not destroy a man's garden and not fix it. Well, he was Morgan at that time. (laughs) Crazy Morgan. (laughs) You can't expect Crazy Morgan to take care of everything. What, did you I want think, him to paint the barn, too? I think he was a little shocked that he made him do that. Right. He's like, and I think that was part me? of his point. I think that was kind of part of his point. You yeah. Know? Yeah, it's accountability. Yeah. You're part of the, you're part of the uh, civilization again, my friend. This is what you got to do. Right. And I think that's, that's part of the reason that Morgan ended up going to bury the zombies, which we didn't really talk yes. about that yet, yes. either. Is Good that point. He's going around, and, and, and I think that goes back to your point before, though, uh, Kim. Mm-hmm. When he's talking, to, he's still killing the zombies, but he's burying yeah. them. And giving right. them names. So he, I mean, he has some respect that they used to be living, at least. That's true. Yes, um, exactly. That's true. So, that they were people at one point. They're not right. just um, animated pieces of meat. But Morgan respects that he's doing that, mm-hmm. so he takes part in it as well. Right. And Morgan had already, I think Morgan in some respects had already kind of done that anyway when he started burning the bodies. 
Yeah. I think part of me felt like he was, it was almost respect. I'm clearing and now I'm going to, you know, not just leave this everywhere. But I didn't see that as much because don't they all just burn the bodies? No. Uh, Sometimes they just leave like, them there. Are you kidding me? There's plenty of them laying all over the place. Yeah. Well, anywhere we've seen them, like, organized, they would burn them. Like when they're at um, the prison. That's because they live there. Morgan could go anywhere. He's just out in the field. He could have walked away. That he created himself. Right. Oh, yeah, but he was setting he was setting up shop. He was setting up shop. He had the pikes going. So I, I don't know. I always saw when they burned the bodies, it was kind of a, you know, get rid of the decaying corpse thing more than a, a respect thing. Yeah, but he Whereas it was... burying them in like, and in, in where Eastman's looking for their wallet and trying to mm-hmm. find out who these people are, you know, is a completely different level. Yeah, but. Of respect. Morgan bur- burned them right in the middle of his clearing. Like, you know, right. he can't live there. And it was almost, him. you could almost feel like it was a, um, almost a religious experience for him. I mean, he seemed to be in some kind I, of a moment while this. I thought he was, was trying to draw that. I thought he was trying to draw the zombies in. I think he was afterwards. I agree with you, Stu. I do think it, I, I think once they started wandering in there, then he was doing that. But I don't think that was his original intention. When he was first piling them up, it was all light out. It wasn't even like dusk. Right. And then all of a sudden he's standing there in the dark and he lights them on fire. Mm-hmm. So it was like he was waiting. Mm-hmm. You know, it's if if you wanted to burn them and not attract anything, you'd burn them in the middle of the day, which the smoke would still attract it, but the light would truly attract the zombies in. That's so. That's kind of where I was thinking that that at least original thought was. Oh yeah, he's he's trying to get them in there so you can kill them. Right. I think I agree with you. I mean, I think at least that became his plan once it started working. But because uh, he did seem whatever to be, Scott, he did seem to be a little surprised when the first one popped up. Yeah, Stuart. Stew butts. So, you know, I think the whole thing when the story really changes is when Eastman gets bit, and it's because Morgan is starting to freak out again. Right. And then Morgan gets really mad at him because he said, "You, you, you just can't stand in there like that. You can't jump in. You weren't supposed to be here." And I think he was thinking again back to what had happened with Dwayne and so forth that. Right. Morgan was not was not in control of the situation, and he felt like he should have been. Mm-hmm. Right. He's, and he's, yeah, he starts freak he starts freaking out again because he's back at his little spot. Right. And Eastman says to me, you know, says to him, "That's not you anymore. That's not you anymore." You know. Yeah. Right. I think another thing is that Eastman is now an important part of his life, just like Dwayne and his wife Jenny. He's losing every time he gets close to somebody, he loses them. See, I, I was confused as to why he was he was really uh, turning back to it because it seemed like he had made so much progress, and then he was just like right back into what he was yeah, doing. Yeah, but when he saw the kid that w- that he had choked to death show up as a zombie, yeah, he totally freaked. I mean, he froze. And right, and then, uh, that's right. And then that's he right, kind of shifted did. back into Morgan Crazy Heads. Yeah, and Eastman and, said, uh, "You're coming back. You made it out. You made it out." And then Morgan says, "Kill me! Kill me!" And right. I said not here, and then Eastman said, "That's the thing, Morgan. Here's not here." Mm-hmm. That's where it was. Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. So it's yeah, existential, like you're here, but you're not mentally here. And then Eastman takes one in the love handle. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> I was surprised he lasted Gentle as long as he did bite. afterwards. Yeah, I wonder exactly how long he did last, though, because it. Well, it's, it seemed like a bit, uh, a good bit of time, but yeah, he he started falling off, getting pale, and everything. 
Yeah, he started. It, it seemed like he got sick within like a day or two, but I don't really yeah. know the timeline. I can't really figure it out. So, but yeah, um, it may have been, it may have not even been that long. It may have been hours later when he was sick. Yeah, it might have been. Um, but I did take notice of the other names that were on the the tombstones, just trying to see if we could mm-hmm. find any connections to any other um, episodes. Was Glenn's or... name on one? Who? Glenn? Glenn's. <laughs> no. Oh, I should have looked for Glenn. I did not. Stephen, I did not. But you do notice <laughs> that his name's not on the beginning of the um, episode. The yes. credits? Yes, the credits. Yeah, they're just they're name. messing with people. <laughs> they're just messing with us. But yeah, they did. It was not it was not at the beginning of the show. Right. In the in the list of, of That would have been actors. too obvious. That would have been too obvious if they left left it on there, then it'd be like, Oh yeah, he's coming back. If they left it off there, it says, Ooh, maybe you know I know. Maybe he's, he's gone. That means he's dead. Along. Exactly. But anyway, so some of the names that I saw were Jolene, Travis, and of course Eastman. And then I saw like Four or five Jane Doe's. And I couldn't tell anybody else's names, but... Mm. No, I didn't try to look. I thought you were just gearing up right but, there. But Man. Crichton's name I thought was interesting because his middle name is Dallas. And mm-hmm. the governor's right-hand man was um, Milton, who was played by the actor Dallas Roberts. Ooh, it's like six Ooh. degrees of Kevin oh Bacon. My. Reaching? <laughs> six degrees of reaching. That's it. Exactly. (laughs) Hey, folks, we have a coincidence. (laughs) Nothing is ever coincidental in The Walking Dead. (laughs) They're all Easter eggs. It's all an Easter egg. (laughs) I think that one might have been. (laughs) Maybe they need to go to Dallas. Mm. Maybe they do. And find Milton, the zombie. Yeah. Please don't. He's dead. Don't go to Dallas. Milton's dead. Yes. And we don't want to go to Dallas. (laughs) Yeah. No. Oh, so I was going to bring up just more about the transformation of Morgan mm-hmm. and some of the more significant um, metaphors that I saw throughout the episode. And um, Ooh, do tell, do tell. <laughs> well, I just thought that it was poignant that whenever Eastman asked who to lose, and he said, my wife and my son, and whenever he would say that, he would get kind of quiet, but it didn't really affect him. But then when Eastman mm-hmm. asked him, who were they? What were their names? And he said Jenny and Dwayne. And then saying their names is brought that pain back to the surface for Morgan mm-hmm. and made it all... It made him deal with it. Yeah, it made it more real. Yeah. Put mm-hmm. a face and a name to the people that he lost, and it just brought it back to him mentally. Um, I thought that was... I just thought that was really poignant. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Well, it, the the names are important to him. Well, it's important to the person who right. they were. Right. Which is why, I mean, why he's putting the names on their headstones. Exactly. Right. Because the zombies aren't the important part. It's, it's what they were and who they were. So. Exactly. No, you're right, Stu. I mean, it's yeah. it was all part of the yeah. thing with him. The other thing is that, that flower meadow that Morgan wanders into... Um, Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That one was really cool because it was like there was he comes out of the forest and it's kind of dark in there and he comes out into this flower meadow. It's full of light. There's butterflies and moths coming around and or flying around. It's like a symbol of hope and light and new life for him. 
And um, the music that's playing in the background is really mellow and melodic. And it's just, it was like a really beautiful scene with the sun, the way it shone down on him. Yeah, but then he flipped out. I know. But he, he, has... he, he went there a couple times, too. Yeah. He, he ended up in that same area a couple times. And everything in the forest is kind of desaturated in color around him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that area is beautiful. And doesn't he say something like it's too beautiful or something like that? Uh, he mumbles anything. something. I don't know what it was, but then he starts swinging just, his stick. I thought he ghosts. said something like beautiful, like too beautiful or something like hmm. something like it just seemed like it was to him at that point. It was like unfair that anything would be that that nice because it was mm-hmm. like, you know, he didn't want he wasn't ready to be in some some place like that. I think he just wanted to clear the field. <laughs> That's true. He was just clearing it. Mm-hmm. He's like, damn it. Where's my scythe? Exactly. The other scene that I thought was really poignant was when Eastman hands him the stick back Mm -hmm. and the whole scene just changed really quickly when he actually presents the the shaft, the rod, Mm -hmm. the rod Mm -hmm. (laughs) to Morgan and the music. (laughs) Y'all are just killing this moment. (laughs) The music. I'm going to repeat that one over and over on a loop at the end of this. That's right. (laughs) Eastman gives Morgan his shaft. He presents the rod. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so childish, you guys. Do tell, Kim. Oh, my God. Y'all have totally ruined the moment. (laughs) Thank you, folks. We'll be here all week. But uh, anyways, Eastman presents it to him, and the music kind of uh, goes up in volume a little bit, just a tad bit. But it's that melodic music again, the same thing. And you can see there's like a facial change in Morgan, and you can kind of see it in in Eastman too. His eyes kind of light up like, aren't you excited? I got this for you. I did this for you. (laughs) And Morgan's like, huh. But I mean... I don't know if I'm explaining it right. I mean, you'd have to see the scene. But it was just a very pretty moment where Morgan's given a new, I don't know, a new tool, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, don't, okay, I said tool. You did. <laughs> yes, you did. It's not quite so bad. No. Um, but, you know, it, it's funny, too, because it was, I think what made it even more poignant is he got pissed for a second there. I mean. Yeah, because he took his yeah, when he, pointy when part he, off. Yeah, exactly. When he took <laughs> pointy part off um <laughs> took this end of the spear off um he kind of got a little bit like how what, what the hell are you doing and then he started feeling the relevance of the moment i guess right i just thought that was beautiful it was deep thoughts by kim <laughs> yes <laughs> and then you cannot miss the save the terrapin t-shirt that Eastman was wearing. Oh, uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, from what I've read, that is actually a bar. That t-shirt represents right. a bar called the Terrapin that they were trying to save. But obviously, it's a throwback to last week's episode, or two weeks ago, when um, Enid was eating the Terrapin, or the turtle, tortoise, whatever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, you, sh- you, sure, you sure it wasn't a tribute to uh, Terrapin Brewing? Brewing company making up their uh, Walking Dead beer. Oh well, it could be that too. Terrapin Brewery here in Atlanta, Georgia, has a new The Walking Dead beer. Little shout out, which is awesome. And if you are in the Atlanta area, go to Growler Time in Tucker, 
and they'll hook you up because that's where we got ours. They're nice. awesome. Oh, that's right. They didn't have many left. Yeah, we got. Yeah, well, yeah okay. So you, you mentioned, or they, I don't remember where we heard. Was that on um, the after show when they talked about that? The Terrapin shirt? I don't know. I yeah, fell asleep they, during they that show, something. so I'm not sure. I think they I think they mentioned that that it was part of a bar, but at the same time, if you looked in his cabin, he had a bunch of mm-hmm. turtle um art and stuff mm-hmm. that was I'm hanging sure around the cabin. Right. So. Everywhere. I like his E yeah. hat. Had the big E on his Eastman hat. Oh I didn't even notice that. Oh yeah. <laughs> but also yeah, so this right. is what I read. I didn't know this off the top of my head, but so I'm not that smart. But apparently the guy who created the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is named Eastman. Yes. Yes, exactly. There was another relationship to it, too. I can't remember. I read that somewhere, too. Yeah, there's way too much about turtles in there's general. There's never too much about turtles. No, I'm not saying that there should be less. I'm just saying it can't just be about the bar. That t-shirt can't just be about the bar. It was way too ingrained in the story. Well, mm-hmm. no, I agree. But this guy this guy was about um, the turtle for some mm-hmm. reason. Maybe he was talking about getting out of your shell. Oh. <gasps> Well, maybe that's oh, why. Maybe Scott, ah. deep. I like it. That's deep and um, quite not true, I would guess. But it could be. It could be. No, I think that was a pretty good idea. Yeah. All right. Good job. All right. Thank you. Good night, everybody. <laughs> I've been great. Drop the mic. <laughs> <laughs> but it could be a reason why. Um, what's her name? It ends up eating that turtle so viciously. Mm-hmm. Eat it. Yes, She's getting that thing out of it, Shell. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think anybody else was eating a turtle. No. No. I still don't no. like the way she ate that turtle. Yeah, I know. Technicalities. I know. They need to hire me. Yep. I'll help them. And then they'll show the real way, and it won't be very cinematic. Well, I'll show you the real way to kill a turtle, because you don't kill it that way. Anyways, moving on. <laughs> okay. You guys, you, you biologists practice that? <laughs> we know how yeah. to kill a turtle, I can tell you that. Anyways. Well, on that note, why don't we start why don't we talk a little bit though about the ending of the show with Morgan and the and the wolf. Okay. What did you uh what was your impression with that? Well, when I first saw okay, so the this the episode started with him talking to the wolf and you have no idea right. he's actually talking to him. And you know, I texted you at the time I said, "Oh man, I think that wolf's already dead and he's just talking to a dead guy." Scott, I was about to give you props, and then you had to go ahead oh. and say it anyways. Stuart is giving me props. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, I was going to, but I'm oh, not okay. now. Okay. Because you're patting yourself on the back. I am. <laughs> <laughs> you were right, though, that, and I, I had no idea. Uh, I thought he was just kind of crazy man in some room talking to himself again. And uh, <laughs> you, you text he's like, he's talking to a wolf. It's like, how the hell does he know that? Well... When I saw his face... Because he said he wanted everything. When I saw his face at the end of the episode, I was pretty shocked because I thought that that dude was already dead. And right. I couldn't believe that Morgan would tie him up like that in Alexandria. I mean, after everything that just happened, and he's still keeping that guy alive and hiding him from everybody, that's the yeah. most idiotic thing I've ever heard of. That's not going to end well. Yeah, but you've got to remember, he doesn't know what happened to Rick with the guys that he let go before. He just let go of those other four people. You know, and we're we're back to not the future, but just before the future, sort of, kind of. 
I, they need I, to put a they need to put a, like a little timeline thing up at the top of the screen so you can no, figure out where the hell you are. No, but still, half of Alexandria <laughs> is dead because of the wolves, and he mm-hmm. knows that. Right. Yep. Well, I mean, I think he was horrified by Carol killing a bunch of them when he thought he could have, you know, just uh, taken them out with his mm-hmm. with his staff. So maybe that's why he decided not to kill this guy in the end. Um, I still don't think that this is going to end well. No, but it also it mirrors exactly what Eastman was doing with him. Right, exactly. But because I don't he think was, he's going to be able to do it. The wolf was super crazy. Right. Morgan was super crazy. And Eastman explained to him, what he said he, he dealt with like 825 yeah. people, I think he said. Yep. And he said there was like only one that was actually crazy. That was right. evil. Actually, truly evil. That was Ill, truly yeah. evil. Exactly. Right. So I think, you know, Eastman was trying to put that into his head that people can come back from where they are. They've just, I have a feeling this wolf is going to be the second truly evil person. Agreed. No, I, I have no doubt. But I think what I'm saying is that Eastman got into his head that even someone so sinister as this guy could possibly be brought back. Right, because when he put Morgan in that prison, Morgan actually said, I'm going to kill you. He said that mm-hmm. to Eastman's, and that's exactly right. what the wolf just said, Morgan. Mm-hmm. Right. Just in a much more charming way. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you know, Morgan, I'm going to kill you. I'm going to kill everybody here, including the children. Mm-hmm. And Do you have any Morgan, more of that tea? That's right. Morgan was able to turn himself around, and I guess he's assuming this wolf is going to do it, but there's no way. No. Well, you could tell Morgan looked like he was bothered when he left there. Like he was looking That's around. That's why he and, locked the door behind him. I know. He was like, yeah, the, exactly. He he was not going to pull the same thing Eastman did and just leave the door open. Like he right. was really bothered by that guy. Yeah, I think he might have had a little doubts. And I think he also has has a lot of doubts that he's keeping it from everybody. Yeah. Well, he should have doubts about that. That's wrong. You know the other cool thing, I think, that this whole backstory uh, kind of led us in on is that when we first see Morgan in the first couple episodes of the season, we think he's like the Zen master and right. he's all about perfection and um, he's not going to hurt a fly. And all. When, when you see this episode, you realize he just kind of made that transition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's still trying right. to hold on to it. Right. And it's like uh, an it alcoholic. went. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and with all his um, his episodes where analogy. he goes all blurry eyed and stuff, Thank he's you. still trying to control it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, he's he's kind of just on the verge of losing it mm-hmm. at any mm-hmm. moment, too. So, I mean, it's it's it does give a little bit more um, depth to his character in that he's not just crazy clear guy and now all of a sudden he's super zen master he's he's still right. trying to keep it together yeah it's still battling as was yep. as was eastman eastman was still battling his demons yes you saw that yeah. when uh when when uh morgan slammed him up against the wall eastman had for a moment there was gonna take his head off with the staff yeah i have to say morgan seems a little bit more uh agile and and good with the the staff than eastman even though eastman was the one that was teaching him right mm-hmm Yep, exactly. That guy had a week to learn how to use that thing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, do you think the wolf was bitten, or does he just have a slice on his belly from a sword or something? Oh, that's a good question. I wasn't quite sure. I think sure. he was just cut. Yeah, but it, but the way he almost ceremoniously showed him that wound, it was kind of odd. 
Like there was some real significance to it. Yeah, because he said, did you notice that I've been shaking this whole yeah. time? But when he showed it, it looked like it looked like it had been there for a while. Right. Because the skin was kind of puckered around the wound. Mm-hmm. But it did not look like a bite wound to me. I think mm-hmm. he was just sliced. Well, that's mm-hmm. what I thought too. But I, but it didn't seem like what he would do if he, you know, if it was an old wound like that. What does that have to do with him shaking? Well, because he's already, um, he's probably got like blood poisoning or something like that, an infection setting in. Maybe. Because he said that he was hoping to get some medicine. So, because you know he's mm-hmm. been living out mm-hmm. in the that's woods. That's a good point. Or wherever. Yep, that's a good point. Yeah, and it's not like modern day where he can just go down to the doctor's office. Yep. Yeah, I think the reason he was bringing it up was the fact that they charged in so fast was because he was he needed stuff. Right. Which kind of it led me to believe that he's actually uh, pretty high up in their little right den or whatever yeah, the hell. That's going to be the, one of the questions we'll have to find out about. Yeah. Yep. So. Which could mean they're going to come back for him. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think they probably will. Um, but the, so that brings up a good point. Um, so we heard Rick at the inn screaming, "Open the gate! Open the gate!" So well, we think it's Rick. It, it sounded, sounded like, like Rick. Rick. It sounded like Rick, but it doesn't mean it is. Right? Maybe it was Glenn. No. <laughs> Maybe it was Carl. He's getting older. Carl. Carl. Oh. <laughs> Where are you, Carl? So I'm pretty sure it's Rick, but who do you think he's running from? Um, he's running from the horde of zombies that engulfed his RV, mm-hmm. in which he climbed out the driver's side door and ran into the woods from. Yes. So pretty certain he escaped from the RV. That's what he's, I'm thinking. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's pulling a Paul Revere. You and know, the horde is coming. Yep. Yeah, He's telling him to open the gate because he's carrying Glenn. <laughs> oh, wouldn't that be good? No, I don't know. I'm just saying. I don't know. But why wouldn't he be open the gate himself? I don't know. I mean, I guess it is locked. He's from probably the just telling him, like, it's locked from the inside. Get your ass I know, over but there and open like, that gate so I can squeeze in real quick. That gate mm-hmm. is like always open. Well, they don't seem to lock. I don't the think after thing. after uh, Father Gabriel, Father Gabriel's boo boo, it's been unlocked. I think it's yeah, uh, it was un- it was unlocked again, wasn't it? Somebody no. else. Yeah, because um. Morgan had to go lock it again, didn't he? <laughs> yes, after the wolves took off, right? Yeah, after after the wolves took off, he was it, over there locking. And he's oh, someone left the gate open. Well, I think that was more due to uh, um, wolves. the wolves got wolves in and leaving, opened it themselves, getting out. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so, yeah, so uh, Rick's got Glenn. God, I yes. hope so. Yes, and that is real wishful thinking there, my friends. Yeah, I know. <laughs> he's, actually, he's carrying Nicholas back. That's going to be like the big thing. He's like, damn it. the wrong guy. Wrong how guy. Did he, how did Nicholas survive? He shot himself in the head. <laughs> he looks down and he goes, damn it, I thought this was Glenn. Oops. <laughs> exactly. It's like a twist to every character, everybody mm-hmm. watching. It's like, damn it. And then Nicholas bites him on the hand. Oh, <laughs> wait a minute. It's Herschel again. <laughs> Herschel. <laughs> Just Are you Herschel? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. All right. All right. Well, are you guys ready so, to take a break? I, I think, think so. so. Okay. We'll be back. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Those kids were fast as lightning. In fact, it was a little bit frightening. But they fought with expert timing. 
Welcome to Carol's Casserole Counter, where we count the episodes in which Carol's wonderful casseroles are not eaten. Stuart, where are we on, on the counter right now? Uh, we're on episode six, uh, three casseroles, none eaten. Wow, that's amazing. Those must be wonderful casseroles. Someone is eventually going to eat one. Okay. Thanks, guys. <laughs> and we're back with some listener feedback. Evan Brockman, our trusty Evan, he wrote in again about this episode and said, I like Lenny James, and I was interested in some Morgan backstory. Unfortunately, it was not the follow-up episode I expected. Too many others really, really wanted after Thank You, the episode previous. I watched the entire 90 minutes, losing track how many times my mind wandered into thoughts of... I wonder if they will show Glenn. Could really could Glenn really fit under that dumpster? I wonder how many times Glenn was bitten, etc., etc., etc. I did this knowing, confidently suspecting, there would be no story except for Morgan's this week. It's kind of a shame. I feel like this episode won't get its due because of its position in the schedule. Well, Evan, I disagree. Yeah, I'm, you know, Evan, I, I, I see what you're saying. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that feel the same way. Um, but I really felt that this 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 episode which i had very low expectations on was well worth the well worth the sit i agree with that and i think that it was placed perfectly in the schedule just because those first three episodes were so um action-packed and in your face and i think we all needed a breather especially after the craziness with glenn and nicholas and um i think it was perfect yeah, I think the audience probably is going to be split on, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of people that wanted more of the action, action, which they did have a good bit in this episode, but mm-hmm. um, I, I can see where he's coming from for sure, and I think I was feeling that way when I heard about what this episode was going to be about. Right. Like, come on. Yeah. That's but a- it, it played out well, and Scott, like you said before, the actors were awesome. I still am wondering why people are so... Uh, grabbing on to Morgan so much, like or why, why he's people he's like him or what? yeah, why people like him so much? Well, he's kind of um, mysterious, you know. He's kind of the mysterious hero, but yeah, I think we're starting to see chinks in the armor um, as far as his Zen master situation yeah. when we see when we're seeing the uh, outcomes of some of his decisions. Mm-hmm. Well, when I say people, I mean Kim. Yes. Because like, Kim really likes Morgan a lot. And I'm like, eh, he's okay. Really? <laughs> yeah. Of course, I was saying that about um, uh, Carol early on. But she makes some mighty fine casseroles. Yes, so we got to keep her around. I think, you know, I mean, that's a good question. I don't, I, I'm not really sure why I like Morgan more than anybody else. But he is, really is my one of my favorite characters. Well, because you kind of get giddy when you first even saw, like, hints of him. Like, when they, when uh, maybe early episodes, I don't even remember what season it was, and they showed him, maybe it was in the last season. It was. And they show him seeing some marks on the trees. Uh, right. And you were like, oh, my God, Morgan. Morgan, Morgan, Morgan. I, I was like, what the heck? <laughs> I think it's the, That sounds just like her. I think it's the mystery behind him, because we just, like, there was so much time between episode number one of the entire series... Yeah. He disappeared for a really long time, and then all of a sudden he's back again in clear. Mm-hmm. And then he disappears again, and then he comes back. 
And he's still trying to find Rick, which I would be like, screw Rick. That dude left me in the right. middle of the fucking Atlanta. I mean, I I think part of it is that I think most people really wanted um, Morgan to hook up with the old group. The, yeah. the group with Dale and all them that they... I, I mean, I can remember at the time thinking to myself, I guess that actor just doesn't want to be on the show, really. You know. Yeah, or when yeah they wanted uh, Rick to be able to find him because Rick promised that he would. Right. Rick promised he would protect him. But I figured Lenny James just didn't want to stick with it anymore, and uh, so that's why they didn't bring the character back. Mm-hmm. But it does appear they had somewhat of a plan. Yeah. Well, and Morgan had another, or Lenny James had another gig. Yeah. Which didn't last long. No, it didn't. <laughs> but welcome he's, back, Morgan. He's exactly. a really good. Um, he's a really great. Person too. I mean, like, I don't know him, but <laughs> I was gonna say, really? <laughs> I've met him. He's pretty cool. So I, I mean, I just like him. I don't know. All right. He makes a great omelet. He does. He does. He does. He's <laughs> shitty casseroles. <though. laughs> oh. It tastes very British. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so. For news this week, we had a really busy weekend, and just about everything that I want to talk about happened over the weekend. So, the first thing is that on Friday, AMC announced that The Walking Dead was um, signed for another season. So, season seven is coming. And we don't know a release date yet, but we'll probably find out, I'm assuming, San Diego Comic Con again. That's normally when they tell us. Right. So we can assume it'll be October because they all have been in October. But um, we just don't know yet. But anyway, so season seven. So we're going to keep trucking. So we can keep doing oh. this next year. Yay. Hey. <laughs> if ever, if everybody's not sick of us by then. I know. Too bad we don't get paid for it. Um, <laughs> the other thing that happened this weekend was... Dun, 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 Walker Stalker! Yay! Yeah, what a great convention. Yes, yeah, so it was. That was awesome. We had Walker Stalker Atlanta. It was Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And of course, Saturday was Halloween. And I was there all three days volunteering in the panel room. But Stuart and Scott, you guys were there on Saturday as attendees. So we we each have different experiences and different points of view of how the weekend went and how the con went. So for me, it was pretty amazing because um, I got to see all the panels and I was like right there and saw, I would say, pretty much every single actor in the current season except for Steven Yun. They actually canceled his panel after last week's episode. Um, AMC had a strict gag order on all the actors, so they were not allowed to talk about season six. They were not allowed to talk about the future of The Walking Dead. Nothing. So they canceled his panel so that he wouldn't even be tempted to talk about it. So that was kind of seriously. I didn't know that. I didn't know he he wasn't allowed to speak because yeah. he was there, obviously. Yeah. And I'm sure every person in line to get his autograph asked him the exact same question. Well, even yes. the people in line for autographs were not supposed to ask him anything about season six or last yeah. week's episode. Like they did. Well, I know the... people were acting, <laughs> asking uh, Nicholas yes. about everything. Yeah, we heard him asking him. Oh, you did? Yeah. Did they shut him oh, down yeah. pretty mm-hmm. quick, the questions? 
Um, he just yeah. didn't answer. He was very nice about it. He was just like, uh, you know, I can't tell you that. Okay, good. I wish I could. Yeah, he'd but... just start yelling at him and be like, get out of here. Well, he had a big, get out of here. he had this staff and he started hitting people. <laughs> yeah. with it. That's right. Unfortunately, and then he would rub it. it sounds like, um, <laughs> it sounds like Michael Trainer has started getting death threats over last week's episode. Uh, that's what you were saying. And that's, that's terrible. That's some, that's, uh, that's some real, um, intense fans. Um, yeah. Maybe need to be evaluated by a psychiatric doctor yeah seriously um please please go get help if you're in that situation please get help as soon as possible it is a tv show it is not real life michael trainer did not kill glenn and he's he, also a very nice guy yeah he was a very awesome guy so don't try to and kill him. um no but um and, but but you could tell like he and father gabriel <laughs> the uh-huh. actors yeah Short lines no. to see those guys. <laughs> oh, it's unfortunate. I was like, oh, they're good actors. Michael Trainer's line was short. Yeah, yeah. Really? There was like three people in his line. No yep. way. Oh yeah, Glenn yeah. and Cam just walked right up to him. I yep. thought he would be jumping. He just shook his hand. No, I just went up and shook his hand. Wow. Yeah, started talking to him. Yeah. Because I saw him in a panel, and he so yeah, so he was allowed to do. We have a um. The first panel on Friday is like a charades type thing where some of the Walking Dead um, actors can come up and play charades. It's kind of like Pictionary, you know? Mm-hmm. So, anyways, he was allowed to do that. Mm-hmm. And he was up there and he was crazy. He's jumping around the stage and just acting off the wall crazy. He's super nice, super nice guy. Well, I think he was He was honestly ex- he was excited about being there. Yeah, he was. Yep. He was. So I got to see Norman Reedus up close, which was pretty sweet. And um, Andrew Lincoln. Oh, God. I got to see David Morrissey. <laughs> um, who else? Oh. Greg, Greg, Greg Nicotero. Greg Nicotero, my favorite, next to Lenny James. I got to see <laughs> Jordan Woods Robinson and Ross Marquand. Um, gosh, I mean, there's so many. Who are many. they again? Do you want to share those? Who they are? What characters are they? Yes. That's Aaron and Eric, the gay couple. Oh, oh. gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, gotcha, you might. Gotcha. Yeah. Not everybody is totally into the names of the actors as you are, Kim. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Please share. Who are the pet guys? You got to see them, too. Yeah, I got to see mm-hmm. them. The Shea West and Moses Mosley. Uh, that's who it was. Moses Mosley. I saw them I'm surprised the they got their arms there. back. You know, they gotcha. had their arms back. That kind of freaked they me out did. a little bit. They and, did. And Moses Mosley gives a great hug. <laughs> Ah, yes, he did. <laughs> um, I also saw Sonequa Martin-Green and Bob. Um, oh, my God, his name just skipped my brain. Wow. Anyways, he still has his legs, so he's cool. And yeah. anyways, I saw so many people. Oh, they didn't they give him like a birthday cake? Yeah, it was his birthday. Somebody else had a birthday, too. The whole audience saying happy birthday to, to him. That was great. What was on the birthday cake, Kim? A foot. There you go. Nice. Thank you. Nice. And blood. That's excellent. Yes. Anyways, it was a really great weekend, and I'm so excited that I got to do it, and I'll definitely be doing it again. So, But I'm interested to see what you guys thought as attendees, since you were on the other side of it. Yeah, we didn't have to work. That was kind of fun. That was the best part. The whole weekend. (laughs) And we didn't really get to, we didn't really go see many panels, actually. We just, um, we just wandered around, just uh, people watch mainly. Yeah. But uh, went and saw. I mean, they had tons of actors there. 
yep. set up. Pretty much anybody who's had any role on that show at any period of time was it was there. Yeah, it was it was cool to see uh, Josh McDermott, mm-hmm. um, and he was just like and normal himself, just like out there like eating a hot dog while he was like shaking people's hands. He's or crazy. Whatever. Very laid back. Yeah, he's laid back guy. And then uh, we saw Cudlitz, mm-hmm. yep. who Abraham. Cudlitz was having uh, some fun. He was playing around with people and so forth. Yeah, he was hilarious. And we had to actually leave because we had a photo shoot. Scott got a photo shoot with um, Governor. So we were able yep, to go David see David Morrissey. David Morrissey. And that was very cool. He very was nice super guy. nice. Yep, very nice guy. I s- swear I thought he was going to be mean. <laughs> really? <laughs> No, I just get over I here. I thought, he, I thought he would be a little snobby or something. He wasn't at all. No, he was no. He's like, hey, how's it going? Exactly. It, yeah, he was. He was very cool. He seemed genuinely excited to see people. That he was, was nice. Everywhere this weekend too. He ended up on yeah. Andrew Lincoln's panel. He had yep, his own panel with Scott Wilson, who played Herschel. Mm-hmm. And then on Sunday night um, at Walker Stalker, they allow anybody and everybody to come in and watch the that night's episode for free. And he was there too as a guest. Hmm. Oh, really? That's cool. Yep. That is cool. Yep. Has he been? Is he been to many of these Walker Stalker things? Yeah, he's been to many of them. Mm-hmm. I think he canceled last year for Atlanta, but he's been. They do like thirteen of these shows a year, so he's been to a lot mm-hmm. of them this year. Atlanta is the original and best one, I might add. Yes, it is. It's just, um, it was surprising to see how, you know, he, he plays <laughs> such an evil guy. And that's, you get that stuck in your head, you know, that that's, yes. that's who he is. Mm-hmm. And when, so when you meet him and shake his hand, he's like, he's such a nice, energetic guy. It just kind of blows you away. We did miss an opportunity, though. We were talking about we should have brought eye patches and worn them. Yeah, well, you know, and, and that was the other thing. We we're going to try and be scared of him in our photo. <laughs> And he was too nice. We kind of like completely <laughs> exactly. forgot about that. We were like, oh, yeah. And then, but when we went to go pick up the picture, there was like people's pictures where he's like choking them. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> I'll tell him about like, our other awesome. photo op. Yeah. With the horror greats of Robert England, and, who played uh, Freddy, and Kane Hodder. Kane Hodder, yeah. that's right. Kane who, Hodder. Who was uh, played uh, Jason? Yeah. Yep. Now yep. we had a nice, funny photo. Man, those guys were into it big time. Yeah, they were, and they did. The best thing was they did a different pose for every person that went in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're like, yeah, it was awesome. Except me. Oh well, yeah, you were just the odd. Did we post that on our Facebook page? Because that was hilarious. <laughs> that I is the funniest. Got out of that picture. Oh, <laughs> it's so funny because Robert England grabbed Stuart. And like made it look like he was gouging his eyes out pretty much. No, he said, I'm gonna give you a shave. Oh. And it was like perfect, like Freddie. <laughs> Freddie thing. He's like, I'm shaving you, boy. And actually, it was perfect because we both kind of had long beards. Yeah. Yes. He has like a goatee thing. Yeah. But, so, and then Kane awesome. g- grabbed me and put his knife to my neck, which really hurt. Mm-hmm. That thing was sharp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, Stop and so it. I had to act like I was getting murdered. And then Scott is over there on the side with just. Looking like a class picture. <laughs> like, hey, what are you guys doing? <laughs> Hi, everybody. What's going on here? Oh, so funny. Oh, man. Uh, Scott, you know what it would have made it is if you were wearing like a cardigan. <laughs> <laughs> and had a little pennant. <laughs> yeah. Go school. 
like a mock turtleneck. Or yes, something. exactly. Oh, that was awesome. But I was actually disappointed because <laughs> the whole reason I wanted to do that photo shoot was for Freddie. I wanted Freddie to be on me. Yeah, screw you. I got Freddie. I wanted Freddie. <laughs> I know. What do you say? That oh, Kane. Sorry, I wanted Freddie. I know. I can't say that. That would be rude. <laughs> I know. I jumped in front. I was like, ah, he's mine. <laughs> And I just oh, got Kim, pushed hey, to the wait, side. Let me go first to make sure everything's okay. Oh, I got Freddy. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oops, so sorry. I didn't mean to knock you down. Oh, my God. Yes. Anyways, it was a wonderful, fantastic con. And for me, it was great because I got to see all these new, well, they're old friends now, I guess, but friends that I've um, met through the convention that I have volunteered with in years past or um, I did Orlando this summer too and met some people that were there this weekend so it was really great to catch up with all those people and see them again and then I made some new friends this weekend and the guys from the Walking Dead cast Jason and Karen were there and they did a couple of panels they moderated and Mr. Blog and Grace from Under the Comic Covers were there Dave Solo from Solo Nation was there. So I got to see all those guys that I've become friends with over the past few years. And that was probably the best part of the entire convention was just seeing those people like, who cares about the celebrities? We had fun. We had so much fun. And this year they also had the Walking Dead experience, which I wish I had done, but um, it was like $85 to do. But you could have dressed up like a walker and chased people. Or a survivor. through, Or a survivor. And you could have chased people or been chased through this haunted house type thing and um that sounded pretty cool but i couldn't do it so it was just crazy i we do, had so much fun i do people. have to say though i was a little appalled with the prices they were charging for autographs at this thing i mean you know 40 50 60 bucks for a selfie with somebody mm-hmm. Oy. well the convention I, and I, doesn't mm-hmm. they don't <laughs> set any of those prices that's all the the right. celebrities do all that Right. Well, they do it in okay. unison because the prices were pretty pretty uniform. Um, I will say this, though. Author Jay Bonasenga, oh, yeah. who writes a lot of the, or has written the whole uh, Walking Dead book series that's going out. The Governor series. The Governor series. Um, did not charge for any uh, autographs and had a great time taking pictures with people and talking to them, giving them plenty of time. I thought that was great. Yeah. Nice shout out for Jay. Thanks, bud. And Eagle Eye Bookstore yeah. in Atlanta. And Eagle Eye Bookstore, yes, by all means. Yeah, he was with Eagle Eye Bookstore. You could buy books that um, he had and have them autographed for free. Um, but he wasn't asking anybody to buy anything. I mean, he could have given him a napkin. He would have given him an autograph. So it was, it was very cool. He was a good guy. Well, yeah. One of the other things is that the people who actually play the walkers, like Moses Mosley and Thashay West, there were a few people there that had booths that you could go up and see them and stuff like Moses and the They only charged $10 and the other people, I don't know how much they charged, but they barely had anybody in line. And if you think about it, the walking dead would be nothing without them because they are the zombies and they don't get the recognition that these big time stars are getting. And I think, you know, if if you know any of these people, like Kent Wagner, he's one of the best looking zombies. He was actually just on Sleepy Hollow too, but um, if you know any of these guys, they most of them live here, right here in Georgia and Atlanta area. You should reach out to them and get to know them because they're pretty cool. Very nice, very nice. Um, so the next con for Walker Walker Stalker, Walker Stalker, 
is <laughs> going to be in New York, New Jersey, and that's coming up in December, I think. So anybody in that area, you should check them out if you can. I think they're going to do three days this time again. Well, and let us let us know which what you think. I mean, we'll be still broadcasting. I'm assuming. Yes, so. we will. So give us a yell. Yeah, and let us know who you see and who you get to meet and post your picture if you do any photo ops because we did all of ours mm -hmm. so it's just so much fun so the other thing is while i was at walker stalker i working the panel room i just happened to meet jordan woods robinson his name is so difficult and i'm sorry if i butchered it but i met his mother and he grew up in tennessee with her obviously now who is he that is aaron oh, okay gotcha okay and he grew up in Tennessee in the mountains uh, called um, a little town called Bybee, Tennessee. And his mom has an animal rescue center. And I got to talking to her and she is just the sweetest, nicest lady. And you can tell she's very proud of her son. And she um, was very excited to see him on the panel stage doing a panel with Ross Marquand, who plays, um, oh, he plays Aaron. Jordan plays Eric. Sorry, I got that mixed up. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyways, she was very nice, and we got to talking. And come to find out, she's got her own animal rescue center up there in Bybee. And as you all know, I am a biologist, and I used to be a um, an animal, a wildlife rescuer too, rehabber. So we got to talking, and I, she mentioned that they don't have much in the way of money. They don't have any funds coming in, and it's very expensive. If anybody's ever done rehab, you know that the vet costs are just exorbitant because um vets are now starting to charge rehabbers when they used to not do that so um a small animal can easily cost her well over five hundred dollars and she's got dogs and cats and horses and all kinds of stuff so i told her i would give her a shout out and encourage people to um donate money to her and to her animal rescue center so if anybody's interested the Animal Rescue Center is called Fuzzy Souls Rescue. They're in Bybee, Tennessee. You can find her on Facebook. Her name is Cynthia Woods. Or you can call me, or not call me, but ugh, yeah, private message me on Facebook through our Fear Me podcast page, and I can get you in touch with her. So that is it for the news, guys. Okay, well, next week on The Walking Dead, which will be Season 6, Episode 5, which is called Now. Um, it's going to be directed by Avi Uabayan. I might have butchered that, but anyway. Well well done, Scott. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, it's written by Corey Reed, who wrote um, the uh, Bob's Cannibal episodes um, mm -hmm. in the past, and who uh, did a wonderful job with those, by the way. Yes, he did. Um, so it'll be very interesting. Uh, I, we don't really have a write-up on what exactly is going to be going on. Um, Not that that would help anyways. It would not help. So we'll just have to wait and see. We'll have to see what Avi can throw in front of us. Yeah. So hopefully next week, uh, I guess we'll see Rick coming into Alexandria, and hopefully that big horde of walkers will be behind him. Maybe. That's what I'm hoping. Okay. Good. <laughs> but we're definitely not going to be seeing um, anything about Glenn. They're going to be stringing that one along for a while, I think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, they've, especially since, um, the first three episodes were like over a couple of days, this last one was a complete flashback and then brought us back to the episodes that were the past couple of days. So yeah, they're really, uh, 
they're stringing time out a good bit in this mm-hmm. whole season. And what what we have how many seven or eight episodes total? We have eight episodes for the first half of the season. So mm-hmm. the first half ends to the mid season break. Yeah, yeah. The first half ends the last week of November. So we've only got four episodes left. Right. Three. Three. We have three. Yeah. Left. Right. Because well. F- yeah. Yeah. That stinks. Three or four. But, yeah, so they could, uh, I think, we're not going to see anything about Glenn until the second to last or last episode. Right. Yeah, well, hopefully they don't string it out too much, because then it starts to become pretty apparent that it's being strung out. Yeah. Well. And that doesn't necessarily play well with some of the viewers. No, I think we'll probably get some hints as to what's happening, so that we can try and speculate more. That's right. Um, or he's just going to come back and he's going to have like party favors and like pizzas and stuff. <laughs> I do think, like Glenn. I do think we will Woo. see, um, next week. I do think we'll see a good bit of Maggie and Maggie finding out about him. I think, or Maggie finding out about something else. Oh, well. about her being pregnant. Is that what you mean? Yeah, I bet so. I bet they're going to, they hinted at it. They, I, they have to have something like well, that think... going on. And then it's, it's going to add to, well, where the hell's Glenn? I think exactly. they already know she's pregnant. She, he, Maggie and Glenn know she's pregnant. Oh, that's true. Yeah. But, but they might don't. reveal it next week. Yeah. But yeah. I definitely think Maggie's going to be uh, getting fired up. Yeah. That'll be awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, cool. Getting getting fired up. <laughs> getting fired up mean? there, boy. <laughs> she's going to be like, woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Are you guys ready to wrap it up? Oh, yes. Okay. All right. Thanks for joining us, everyone. You can find us on Twitter, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and of course, iTunes. And please subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any more of our episodes. If you've missed any, you shouldn't have. So. Right. <laughs> right. No, you should not. You, you'll you get punished. How dare you? How dare you? You will. You'll be strung up by your toes and tickled. Um. You can find us on Facebook, and you can also find us on the web at fearmepodcast.com. And if you want to get in touch with us or send us any of your thoughts on the episodes, you can email us at fearmepodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to rate us on iTunes or wherever you download our podcast. So hopefully you can review us and our we'll bump up a little bit in the ratings. And, and get a lot more exposure. Yes, and people will find out who we are. <laughs> yes. We got all the new listeners this weekend, by the way. So that's awesome. Yeah. So welcome to all of you, too. Thank you. Um, but we'll be back next week, and we'll recap the next episode of The Walking Dead. So thanks for listening, everyone. Bye. Thank you, folks. Thanks a lot. You just see me.